Hey, I'm Jamie Neal, host of 360 Yourself. In 2014, I had a breakdown and was hospitalized. Too much work, too much anxiety, too much coffee, not enough self-care and not enough balance. In the hospital, laying over my thoughts, I had to rethink my entire life. The doctor said I was overworked and my body gave up. Now, I'm not gonna say it wasn't scary, but it was a turning point for me. From there, I started to rebuild myself reading hundreds of self-help books and questioning everything from why do we have triggers? What is ego? What is persistence and motivation? What is manifesting? And what is identity? Many years later, someone recommended that I start a podcast. I was always curious about how others lead their lives. And thus, 360 Yourself was born, interviewing incredible minds on how they understand themselves and how they utilize knowledge and awareness to set out into their space. 360 Yourself is a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant and curious minds and looking at the world around them. I speak to artists, musicians, sports athletes, authors, CEOs, and experts in human behaviors, released every Sunday at 12 o'clock. I ask questions about their mindset, journey, values, ethos, to fully understand how each of their minds work and process information. How can we become more aware of ourselves to grow to the ultimate person we know we can be? How do you 360 yourself to 360 the world around you? If you do enjoy our episodes that you're listening to and certain themes and topics ignite within you, please visit our Instagram page at 360 underscore yourself to tell us how you're growing and learning. Or you can email us jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. That's jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. And I'll read out every episode at the end stories and comments from you, the audience, the 360 years. Thank you, and remember to 360 yourself. Hey, Amira, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How about you? Great. Um, yeah, I, I well, first of all, I haven't had my morning coffee just yet, so that's one of my things. I've, I usually have a green tea, right, which is a, well, has a bit of caffeine, but I, sometimes I think when you're working and you're pulling the hours, sometimes that odd pick-me-up of a coffee it's really important. And I think one of, today is the day. I think I'm swapping the, the herbal teas for the, for the coffee. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Well, I'm drinking a lovely green tea on your behalf. It's oh, are you? Oh, I just, I, I, my favorite thing when I go to, when I go to restaurants and uh, I'm also a big, big fan of obviously um, uh, Soho House. And um, what I usually drink is hot water, lemon and honey. That's what my usual is. And uh, and I and I absolutely love it, but I also love all my kind of my caramel tea. The is it caramel tea? That's how you say it, isn't it? And uh, and all the other kind of green teas and stuff. But there is obviously caffeine in green tea. But I think you can get decaffeinated green tea. I believe. Well, um, I'm sitting here with. I, I wouldn't go decaf. If you want to go healthy, decaf is a chemical process, so not necessarily the best. But there are green teas that have different varieties of uh, of caffeine in them so you could play with that and there's always mate mate uh, has a strong pickup effect but it actually uh doesn't have that jittery kind of effect to it and um it's very good but i'm sitting here with a green tea called snowflake which is the only tea that flowers in winter in china and a glass of water with some lavender in it which is oh. from the garden so if we start talking about herbs and tea we might just finish the podcast on that so I, 
<laughs> I know. Just, just, just make, just make clear, everyone. This is not an advertisement for any teas or any. No. So we just are great tea lovers. Yes, and you know, I the the, the older I get, the more I find, uh, and maybe being an actor, um, I like to be quite tuned with my instrument. So for me. The older I get, I really understand what different substances um, do to me and how they affect me. So I know when I do need the coffee, as you were saying earlier. And, uh, you know, but I know if I'm on a shoot the whole day and if I start drinking coffee. So I know how a lavender tea will affect me. So I think as we grow, grow older, we observe um, how different foods and different drinks affect us. And, and yeah, I find that one of the many pleasures about getting older. I know it's not highly sung in many cultures, but it has a lot of virtues. It really does though. But so I, I want to move on from talking about tea, but I mean, I could talk about it for, for a while, but um, <laughs> uh, so you're born in Cairo. Um, yes. So tell me about your upbringing and where you, well, where you've come from and what brought you to here, because that's what I'm always fascinated by. And I have been to Egypt. I've been down into the pyramids as well. I've seen it all. I'd love to go back in. It was a very long time ago, but essentially tell me, yeah, your backstory. So I am born in, um, in an Egypt of, uh, uh, I'm born in 1960. It was a time in the Middle East of extreme hope, and uh, maybe in general in the world, it was a time of progress. I mean, we have not been on the moon yet. You know, <laughs> the planet Earth was a very different place. And it was a time uh, for us in the Arab world, a time of fusion. After the World War, many Europeans came from Europe and um, settled there. It was a time uh, we had Nasser running the country then. Uh, he was very pro-women. Uh, so I grew up in an Egypt that I think does not really fit with people's kind of vision of what the Middle East is now 60 years on. Like, for example, it was the 60s, you know, my grandmother would say, you have nice legs. Why not showing your legs? You have to wear a shorter skirt. So I had to be in fashion. My skirts were tiny. My, you know, we, we were very much very... Uh, our culture was very secure and therefore we could always just embrace whatever was going on. And that is really the spirit of, of, of Egypt, in, Egypt in general. It's a very um, yin country. It, uh, it embraces the invader. It goes, why do you want to fight? Just why don't you marry my sister and rule with me? You know, that's what we've done with the Romans. That's what we've done before with the Greek. So I grew up in an Egypt of, I would say, peace, love, progress, and sweetness all around. Yeah, very happy time. Very, very. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, as I got older, I became more um, aware of people's experiences because I, I, I'm from a very, very small village town in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I realized after growing up for a long time, I don't know if you, if you obviously realize this, but how famous my 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 city is my hometown um I, i'm from a place called plymouth um, okay uh where the plymouth rock. yeah yeah plymouth rock so when, <laughs> I, when i'm in america i always say plymouth rock and they go yeah and then i was in valencia a couple of weeks ago and i was at the largest european marine aquarium and on the map it had plymouth 
And like uh-huh. it, it had like um it had like a dotted line all the way to Valencia for some random about some animal. I didn't read the entire thing, but I, I didn't realize how famous my um my my city was or where I'm from. Did you have the same sort of feeling when you were younger as well? Like, did you know like where you were from, like how well known it was and stuff? Because I didn't know any of this when I when I was younger. And I, all I wanted to do was get out. I wanted well, to leave. I- I don't want to put Plymouth and Plymouth Rock and down, but you know, Egypt, Egypt, yeah. I mean, of course you're aware of it. For example, like when I was a kid, we, we used to have something called Tent City and like three, 400 families used to have a tent, literally like 400 meters away from the pyramid. So, you know, when you have this kind of formation as a kid, instead of going to the playground, you, you play in the sand, you know, you're, you, you yeah. run to the pyramid. I mean, that's pre-tourism and... Uh, and the pyramids were surrounded by greens then as opposed to motorways and buildings now. So of course you're aware, you're aware of your history, you're proud of your history, Um, you know, um, yeah. I mean, Egypt is old and uh, full of stories and full of monuments. And as a child, you're driving through a street and there's these amazing mosques and synagogues that are 3000 years old. And, you know, that's part of your daily life. So. Yeah, I think for me, the shock came more when I went to Germany in the 70s and it was like, oh, really? Do people live in places like this? It was just like, what do they do? You know, where's everybody? Mm. (laughs) So I think, yeah, when you grow up in Egypt, I mean, I obviously grew up a bit more privileged, um, you know, speaking several languages. And yeah, I mean, you get the German history books and you, you see your country represented and you know that everyone around the world is is learning about it, you know. So, yeah, I think I have yeah. an awareness. I think, I think it's interesting because one of my best friends is from Rome. And so I always find it fascinating where he just passes the Colosseum, like like I pass, like, I don't know, uh, we, like, we, like we pass like the, the, the London Eye, right? And for him, it's like such a normal, well, not normal thing, but he's grown up with the Colosseum. And then when I come past, I'm like, as if I'm like, I go, I go past it on a lime bike and I just, mm-hmm. and we would go every morning and we go get a coffee. And I, I just wonder, like, I'm literally standing next to this massive, amazing building that has so much history. Similarly for, for like the, the pyramids as well. Imagine, I couldn't imagine like when you're growing up, literally just walking past it and just going, I'm just casually walking past the pyramids. Like <laughs> and it's been standing right. for thousands, thousands, thousands of years. And I, and I, I think I, I always like to find like, commonalities and like trying to put myself in the person's foot and and build those sort of relationships of experience because I'm just like because I came from like very very sheltered (laughs) village town and then as I got older I was realizing going wow there's there's a lot about life what do you mean sheltered I didn't understand like like sheltered because like I, I like when I I didn't really um, have much arts and stuff when I was um, right, right. in in my in the village town. I mean, there was like probably like a local dance thing in the in like a, a scouts hut, which is basically like um, right, right. But um, I didn't really have too much. So I didn't really have like there was nothing to compare my life with. And then when I when I left the, my city when I was about sixteen, I then went to a, quite an international arts school, and then I started meeting people who weren't from the UK like because I'd never met really anyone who wasn't from the UK like where I'm from because it was a very small village and then as I got older I then started to travel a lot more and, and it was so fascinating and that's how I've become more self-aware and 
about like how life is and, and how people grow up and stuff like I just I didn't have that experience when I was younger so it's lovely talking to yourself and how you grew up as well and how I mean because I love Egypt like I went there years ago and I'd love to go back and just like just that experience of going into the pyramids like I always say when anyone um, says they want to go to Egypt I'm like go to the pyramids go in the pyramids right. it's like it's it, quite it's, amazing it is it's crazy that people built this yes it is. I don't know if it's crazy. It's not the adjective that would come to mind, but I get you. It's yeah, kind but of like, like um, if you, obviously, if you know, like I for me, obviously, like everything is so aligned. Like all all, all the facts that you hear about, or uh, the 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 information that you you hear about with with um, how the, the the pyramids were the created, like the all in sync, all in line, everything is mathematically near to perfect and you go that's what someone created like that was a group of people like for me well, that's the, incredible the 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 pharaohs had like if we compare for example the pharaonic beliefs uh compared say to the indian beliefs you know for, for the indian philosophy they believe in what we what they call maya so everything is illusion everything is just you know everything doesn't really exist you know they they transcend the manifest for the ancient Egyptians, the manifest was what was really exciting. So they dealt a lot with understanding how to deal with material, whether it was stone or rock or precious material or water. So, so you know, it is a very, very different kind of idea of how they wanted to treat material and deal with it. Mm. But, you know, I studied, I, I stopped acting for like, quite a number of years and I was studying what I was calling ancient um, you know tradition rituals uh, more the physical hand down because people go oh it's ancient Egypt and it's now and I was seeking for the continuity for things to say hey guys just because you learn about it in school doesn't mean that it is cut from what is happening today. So my way of dealing was when that was to go and, and, and research things like rituals. Um, you know, you, you say on your website that you're interested in, in, in this notion of ritual. Now, wow, Egypt, oh, <laughs> there's lots. But while I was studying uh, and working with people and what they do, I came across some builders who were fixing a temple called Hatshepsut, which is not as old as the pyramids, but nonetheless around four and a half thousand years old, uh, you know, uh, 2000 BC, so no, a bit less. And, 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 I, and there was this group of men carrying this pillar, which was, you know, like six, seven meters long and a diameter of one and a half meters. And they were rolling this up a hill. Uh, if you check the Hatshepsut temple on the website, you'll see it's a monumental temple built in the rock. And I was observing these guys doing it exactly the same way that the ancients would have done it. They had a completely synced way of pushing. There was someone leading like what was almost like a, a Greek choir. So they would all breathe in at the same time and they would all like heave this thing up. And I stood there watching this and you know, just trying to, 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 to understand how, you know, if they can still do something like that without cranes, without things, just with pure manpower and high organization, a bit like when you see ants carrying, you know, something much bigger than they are. And, and I think there was high organization and how high skill and knowledge on all levels 
uh, on the mathematical level, on the physical level, on the communal level, we are ultimately a river culture. And when you have a river culture, people work um, much better as a whole, as a unit. Asterix and Obelix uh, have it very clearly in their books. You know, <laughs> Egyptians know how to work as a unit. Yeah. Mm. And so, and so, you obviously you you took some time out to to stu to study, and then you went back into acting, and, and you've had such an amazing career of like some and worked with some amazing directors. Um, like I'm I'm obviously going to just riff some some of the stuff that you, you've been doing, like kind of <laughs> kind of a row, Riviera, Sense Sense Eight, four four blocks. Um, so. What are you working on? The I, I, I'm fascinated. What are you working on the, now and what would you like to work on in the future? My question. Well, at the moment, I've just finished shooting uh, a series called The Baby for HBO and Sky, uh, which is just coming in the UK out in a, in, in a couple of weeks. Um, I was playing an older woman, a very broken old lesbian woman. Uh, and it's kind of like a comedy, but it's a horror comedy. And I found that really fascinating to play a part that is quite tragic, um, that has a horror element in it. But that was actually, you had to bring it to be funny because it was as well a comedy. Uh, I found that really exciting because you need to create the character. You're playing someone old, so you already need to create the young person to make her old, where are her breaks? Where are her pains? What made her, she was almost like a bag woman. So, you know, like a, living in her car. So she had a lot of dimension to her. So I found that fascinating. You build her, you break her, and then you need to be able to laugh at yourself so that you can get people to laugh at her. It's really tragic comedy, which is a genre. Uh, uh, I found that really fascinating. Um, I had to do, I mean, there were lots of stunts. I did all my own stunts. There were many of them from fighting to diving in deep water to, you know, yeah. So it was very exciting, uh, I must say. Yeah, to, 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 to feel and to hopefully give back to something that I would really like to touch in if you are, you know, up for it. it and that is, you know, we are an aging population. And when I get a chance to portray um, an older woman and she's written in a way, and that's what's exciting. These women were not really, these parts were not written for women. The, the odd, awkward kind of uh, men, we've seen a lot of them, the characters, the broken ones, the ones with a, you know, with, uh, you know, mad habits. And so Mrs. Eves, which is what she's called, was written like that. They're very, very new in the industry and it's fascinating to play them and to be able to tell us as an aging population, you know, you can be in your sixties and really get your first lead uh, <laughs> and be fit and jump and dive and, and do it all. And, and I found that very exciting to, to give this example. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's I think it's important though to highlight. I think more people again. I talk talk to a lot of people about the trajectory of success, um, and uh, the process of getting somewhere. And I was actually having this exact same conversation with someone yesterday who was who was another actress in the UK, and I was saying like 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 the there's a very famous line from um, Denzel Washington, and he's and I always remember it. He says if you um, if you wait around the barbershop long enough, you'll get a haircut. 
And I think there's, <laughs> I think nowadays, obviously, there's so much, sometimes there's a bit of pressure. Um, I mean, uh, there's a really great book of called Late Bloomers. Um, and basically, obviously, there is a sort of potential pressure for people in the younger generation to have it all now and influence and, and, and Instagram doesn't obviously help with that. But again, I think there's, there's loads of books and there's loads of uh, kind of life coaches talking about like, you can have a business, you can fail it, you can have another business, you can be successful, you can have a career. Like, I think there is so many ups and downs with life. And I think having it all like in your twenties or your thirties or your forties is it works for some people and, and, but it doesn't work for everyone. And that's okay as well. Like sometimes we need to go away and figure things out and we need to go and do the work and we need to go and experience life. And then when, when the universe, it knows we're ready for whatever is, is needs to happen, it will present an opportunity and then you're ready for it. But obviously we don't know that in the, in the future. So I would pick on this ready that that you said at the end of your lovely way of looking at things. Um, you know, how ready are you? How is your energy? How is your expression? Obviously, when we're creating human beings, um, time warps in a different way. Um, uh, I think, obviously, if you're an athlete or if you're, you know, if there's a certain things would require uh, for people to be maybe younger or have another physicality. Uh, but I think we're living a time, um, I think on our planet being someone who's very fused. I mean, I grew up speaking four languages. We, you know, I went to a Catholic school. We were Muslim at home, but my mother had a Hindu teacher. She went to India three months a year. You know, my best teacher was a Jew. So for me, I grew up, uh, you know, feeling how this world is fused. I mean, if we just look at what I'm wearing, there will be probably 22 different countries from the threads to the buttons, to the tea I'm drinking, to what's in my computer. So, you know, we are a fused planet. We're all, um, you know, um, in it together and we're sharing everything. And, and one of the things I hope we'd share more of is how different cultures have different approach to ages. Like, um, you know, in Egypt, for example, the amount of sayings and little phrases about say, uh, oh, the smell of a flower only shows when it's dry. Or, you know, it, it's a lot of things that just praise um, being older, um, praise the notion that it's not everything that is always ready at the beginning, how things need longer. Um, and in China, my, my, one of my internal martial art teacher, I asked him once, I said, but, you know, why do we practice so much? He said, because it takes a long time to know what you like and you want a good health to be able to do it. So for me, that notion um, of staying ready to embrace life and what it might bring at you is obviously something one needs to cultivate. So if you do want to, uh, like when I stopped acting when my kids were very little and I separated from their dad, um, I was very aware I want to go back to, to acting when I've just raised them a bit because they were very little, you know, and I don't like doing things badly. So you raise children, you work in the theater, like how, when am I going to see them? So it had to pause. Um, but I think I was very aware that uh, when they're a bit bigger that I want to go back to to my craft that I like to do. So I did spend, and I still do, um, 
you know, I give it attention, staying well and staying healthy. And yeah, I do. I think it's important to look after ourselves. Um, For yeah. sure. I, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm, I'm interested to know when that time of have, um, taking a pause on um, your, your acting career and, and raising a family, did you know you were going to go back and how much did you miss it? Like, I'm, I'm curious because if someone said to me, or if I thought about myself like stopping my career for a time pe- time being, I'd be, I would, uh, would love to, to obviously be a family, but there would be something that would be missing. I'd be like, I, I want to go back to something that I love doing as well as obviously love raising that family. Um, I didn't think it was easy. I think, you know, you, 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 it was challenging. But um, yeah, but I, I, I think when you're a creative human being, what happens in is something a bit like in music transponing. What you do is you shift your creativity into something into, else, into yeah. something else. And yeah, so you yeah. end up really um, so. So that part of it, I think I found a lot of a lot of things and I was learning a lot. I was researching a lot in rituals and ancient traditions. So it's not I left the acting but I think I was cultivating um, certain things that now I'm aware are helping me in, in, you know, I went back to acting in my, I was 50, you know, that's when people give up, especially women. <laughs> sure. But, but, but uh, well, I think go back to what we were talking about, like you've now cultivated and um, curated a really wealth knowledge so if you didn't like, obviously you can only look back at life now. Like if you didn't have a pause moment to look at other different things and interests of creativity and experience, it w- you wouldn't be the actor you are now. So you, so the universe sort of guided you to pause, to learn other skills, to bring into your craft now. Well, I like how you refer to the universe, but you know, like, Let's go to Ayurveda for a second. Another, you know, everything is interactive on this yeah. planet. So, 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 Jamie, it's not just the universe. It's how am I interacting with whatever the universe stands for you? For some people, it's, you know, whatever, whatever it is that's a higher thing or a bigger yeah. thing or, a, or yeah, more, but... more, you know, this is an interactive relationship. If I wake up every morning and look out of the window and appreciate the sky, you know, it gives me another dimension in, in the rest of my day, the days where I don't manage to do whatever it is I do in the morning to, to tune myself, as I call it, you know, it discombobulates my day often, you know. So it is a relationship as well. How do I flirt? How am I ready? What happens when I break and I have a hard time? How do I come out? How do I send, you know, my frequency out there? Because definitely there's something attractive about having a positive frequency. Of Uh, course. I mean, I mean, there's that there's that theory of the law of the law of um, attraction right it's obviously yes and, and what we talk what we talk about a lot on 360 yourself is that that ability to really understand yourself first get yourself in a good place whatever that means to you like making sure you're healthy confident and then the the space that you're occupying and making and making choices will be hopefully healthier ones and you'll be able to witness life in a more productive positive open way because you are doing the work and you are um uh, cultivating a really healthy human first before going out into your space yeah and I think that is you know uh, for my generation maybe something um 
we're a little bit luckier. I think we're living a very accelerated times. Everything is happening really fast. Yeah, um, does it, and, does it, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, and you know, good things, you know, or maturing or whatever it is, the process that you're describing, this is a process of maturity. First, we, we, we need to align to what's happening around us and peers and who we are and our time and, you know, we try and do this and, you know, it takes a long time to get to know oneself. But for some of us, for me, it took quite a long time. There was so much information to bring into some kind of sense when you, when you, you know, you can work in four tongues. You, I've traveled all over the planet. I've lived in Kenya. I've lived in Morocco. I mean, I've lived in, so we haven't even touched on that. So, you know, how do you assimilate and bring all that into one, you know, yeah, and it's time and, 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 we're living a time where everything is so fast. People are getting up and rushing there and doing this and checking their, their you know, their Twitter and then doing their email and, and it's very fast. And, and um, there's a very great book by a German. It's called The, 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 the Discovery of Slowness. Uh, and it's like a hymn to, to, to slowness. It's actually about a British Arctic explorer. And, 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 and it was his way of saying, this always hurrying, we often miss um, miss the point. <laughs> and what and what and what and what is that point? I'm curious. I think for me, you know, um, I think what gives me what has given me like an incredible strength and a joy and a sense of life's okay is um, the moment I discovered that if I could just take a bit of time every day to just enjoy the fact of being alive yeah whatever that is it, it you know so you listen to your heart or look at the sky or meditate or I don't know what it is but life is extremely beautiful and when we start to just take time to be just to be without any adjectives just to be I would say if we do that seven minutes a day we'd all be much, much happier. I, I think there's a big virtue to just sensing life. Yeah, yeah. I, my, my dad, my dad's a very simple man. And he says the exact same thing. He, he goes, you got, you got your health. You're, you, you're, well, actually, no, what he, he does say is uh, he's very grateful just for waking up every morning. That's what he says, right? And he's very simple. He's very simple. He, he doesn't really sort of like, like lavish things. Or so he's a very, he has a paper, he goes to the pub. He sits in front of the TV and watches sports, but he comes up with these really simple, very profound um, quotes and sort of like mantras for life. And similarly, what you're saying as well, just taking the moment. And I, I echo that as well. And I tell myself that and a lot of people in my space is taking that 10 minutes just to listen. Because like I, I'm, a, I'm, an ex, I'm an ex-dancer long time ago. Right. And so okay. like you understand every facet of your body right? You understand all the muscles. So you're really aware of like your toes, your fingertips, your, your ears, but like majority of people don't even know what their knee feels like or what the toe feels like, because they've never felt it, but they only feel it when their body doesn't work. Like when it, like when you, when you break your toe or when you break your knee, or you got a, a bit of a, 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 a crooked, crooked neck or something. Yes. And that's when they become really hyper aware of like themselves and their space and the universe and, and, and well, you know, it's, stuff. It, it is okay like that. I mean, it, it, you know, the Germans say Krankheit alles weg, so illness as a path, you know, when, when something dysfunctions and it's fine that is when we're young and you're youthful, you, you, you just, 
you have all that excess energy and it, it's good to just be. And then, you know, yeah, the breaks happen, the heart aches happen, you know, the, there is no life without that. It just doesn't work. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's like, I really am a strong believer of, of, of uh, what in the Far Eastern kind of uh, martial art is, is holding the paradox, you call it, mm. you know, so, so, you know, there's no strong without weak, there's no life without death, there is no soft without hard. And it is how do you hold uh, those extremes and, 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 and understand that, that it happens, you know, it happens in that space in holding holding the paradox mm. um yeah yeah well, <laughs> i don't know if that's what you want to hear but no you know, no it's, it's, it's true though it's true though I, I i do every morning i do like five to ten minutes every morning i put my i do i i, I listen to a lot of other podcasts and amazing speakers and stuff and one thing that i i pretty much do all the time and i i think it's amazing that i learned this it's a very simple thing you put your phone on the opposite side of the room and so you don't put it by your bed. And so, so you at least need to get up, right? If you need to put your, turn your alarm off or you get an alarm clock, but it basically gets me up from bed and then I go, okay. So then I stand in the middle of the room, <laughs> just standing. And I yes. just literally just close my eyes and just feel what the, what the, my body's doing. And I've been doing this for about a year now. And, and I really, really, it really does help me. It just aligns me. And what, and what I always do is um, what I've been doing in my house as well is putting like this is, what, this is what helps me ground myself i put on i, I buy like um like a, a a certain type of rug like it could be like fluffy could be whatever it is and i put my feet on it and so it just kind of grounds me in that with my mm -hmm. bare feet so i ground mm -hmm. into the present moment and it really mm -hmm. does help and i think one of those things that people should do is finding things that ground you because if not you, your body can be just moving everywhere and you go straight to your phone as you said and you're doing emails and stuff but it's you know i mean in a way that is what i wanted to say at the end so but we've touched on it now i think this this uh obviously as an actor you play your instrument so i'm quite lucky because um you know this is what i do if i'm going to play someone um like say i'm auditioning now for someone who's a who's a surgeon you know, I'm thinking about the hands. What what are her hands like? What's her breath like when 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 she's holding a scalpel to cut someone's heart? I mean, what kind of discipline does she have? So I and I, I visit that and I visit the different timbres in my in my senses of how I would be. Now to be able to do that, I obviously then if I was, you know, I would do certain things to enhance that if I get the part, right? Uh, I was playing something else. I started boxing and then it didn't really work. It kind of irritated. I was boxing then. So I stopped boxing and started, you know, so I am lucky like that being an actor and being an actor who, you know, really likes to, you know, zoom in on my characters and, and just like, you know, to, to have a vocabulary with myself. But, and as you say, most of us just develop this vocabulary through a break or through an illness or through having to. But if there was something I would really like to inspire people to do is, you know, people do it with the washing machine. They read the manual, <laughs> you know, they, they, they know how to fix, you know, the car or, you know, they, and, and I just, you know, that would be really one thing if I wasn't acting. And I actually do work a little bit on it to, to create a notion of, of a human manual and to inspire young people to just occasionally just listen. For me, really, the human being, 
uh, is the most magical and amazing creature in the galaxy, doubtless. <laughs> Just our capacity with this hand we're talking about to say, perform surgery, uh, cut the granite, uh, build a pyramid, just to mention some of the things we mentioned. I mean, you know, we can learn languages, we can communicate, I don't know. I, I just am fascinated by the human being. And if there would be one thing I'd like to do is to inspire people to build small relationship with themselves, just to listen in, because oh, it's magical. Yeah. Honestly, I can't, can't echo that even more. Definitely building relationships with yourself. I mean, this, this is why this is why one of the reasons why I love doing these, these shows is I'm again fascinated with people, like people that do something totally different or think a certain way or build pyramids or who are um, brain doctors or anyone who has an amazing brain or special skill like that. I'm fascinated by them, and uh, and that's why also this is what this is what's great about the podcast is this, the ability to be able to meet people like yourself who have such a way of seeing life um, and stuff. So I want to say thank you for for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom so far on, on the podcast. Absolutely. But um, as, as as we close off, I'd love to just say to people. Um, so just remind us where can we see you next? Then just remind us where what's on what's your next project. Well, um, it's on Sky coming out, uh, I think on the 7th, it's something called The Baby. I play a character called Mrs. Eve. She's a little bit scary, but she's quite odd. Uh, she's funny as well. Uh, there's uh, just finished shooting something in Germany. Uh, it's called Phantom Jäger. Uh, I think that's going to be as well on, on Netflix. Um, and as you were saying earlier, Carnival Rose coming out. I play a fairy there with wings and all, <laughs> but I don't know when that's coming out, maybe in the winter. Um, I think they're, they're still patching up some little scenes um, that didn't happen before the lockdown. Um, yeah, and I'm doing games. I love doing games because you can do all these funny. So, you know, listen out if you play games to me on things like Diablo and things like that. I play characters who play very difficult voices, you know, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, this is maybe what's happening now. And um, yeah. This... And then and then, and then watch the space for the for the next bits pieces. But it's great for people to know what you what what they can uh, they can see you on next as well. So obviously people will be listening to this and go, I need to see what she's on. Um, so. Yes. Thank you very yes. much for, for, for giving us that information. Um, and I also just want to say thank you very much for coming on coming on the show. You have been 360'd. Thank you very much. Oh, I have I. Well, it's good to have eyes. One of the forms I do is 360. You have to have eyes in eight directions and ear and more. That's the saying of the form that I practice. So you are full on with the ancient Chinese. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I learn something new every single day. <laughs> thank you thank very you, much. Amy. All the best, and, uh, and thank you for having me on your lovely program. I appreciate Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our awesome guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our amazing episodes. We are released every Sunday at 12 o'clock. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram for more discussions, education, and inspiration at 360 underscore yourself. The host, that's me, Jamie Neal, on Instagram at Jamie Neal JM. 
If you do enjoy our, our episodes that you're listening to and certain themes and topics ignite within you, please email jamie at 360.co.uk and I'll read out at the end of each episode stories and comments from you, the audience, the 360ers. And remember to 360 yourself. <laughs>